0: this is the weight loss podcast with matt and courtney a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined hundred kilograms when it comes to weight loss you don't just need encouragement you need a strategy
1: hello there you are listening to the number 580th most popular health and fitness podcast on the internet it is the weight loss podcast
0: i wish we had you know what i wish matt we had Like the music um, to Law and Order. The intro.
1: (laughs) Like
0: it's such a good, like just sound. Like it's so recognisable.
1: Well, it's funny you should mention that because Courtney and I are here for this episode to discuss the top 10 Law and Order episodes (laughs) uh, as as reviewed by us. Isn't that what we are experts in?
0: You know, the guy that created those as well, just on a side note, I'm pretty sure his name is like Dick Wolf.
1: Yeah, it's Michael.
0: Your last name is Wolves, so it's very, it's different because it has an S, but it's very similar.
1: No, no, it's Wolves because there's more than one wolf in my family, <laughs> so it's Wolves, plural.
0: Well, maybe Wolves.
1: Wolves. Wolves, <laughs> sir?
0: Anywho, back <laughs> to your introduction. Wolf-fest. Sorry, Matt, I've got a soft topic.
1: Sorry, anyway, let's just, let's I'm just read. I'm here
0: too. Hi.
1: Okay. Hello there. You are listening to <laughs> the most unpopular health and fitness podcast on the internet because we talk about law and order. <laughs> It is the Weight Loss Podcast. I am Matt, and as always, I am here with my beautiful, intelligent, charming, ravishing, really well tanned wife, Courtney.
0: I'm fake tanned to perfection this week, I have to say, but thank you very much for that excellent introduction, Matt. And yes, um, my name is Courtney. I am a Law and Order fan, and I am here.
1: My name is Matt. I'm a video game collector and a fan of horrible football teams.
0: Since your football team sucks.
1: Yep. Anyway, moving right on.
0: Moving on. Today's episode. I'm actually really excited about this episode. It is called. Why less is more.
1: Why less is more. So we, if you don't know, Courtney and I happen to be personal trainers. Yes, we are married, but for a living, we help people. Well. We think we help people. We
0: try to help people.
1: I mean, no one actually tells us we're not helping them. I mean, we haven't been told that we're crap yet. So no news is good news. But anyway, we like to think that we're personal trainers and we help people for a living. And something that we've come across over our time uh, working in the field is it is obviously common for people to they'll get started on their program, their diet, their whatever. And they've come from, you know, years of struggling, maybe up and down, weight loss, weight gain, you know, the usual yo-yoing. They may not have exercised much for a while, or they have exercised, or they've just been, funnily enough, up and down with exercise as well. And they've got quite a list of, uh, you know, bad habits, negative mindset, and they try and fix it all at once. Let's take 12 to 15 to 20 years of struggling and let's fix it all in 30 days. Courtney, come and do my seven-day detox. You'll fix all your life's worth of problems.
0: It's already me a mere headache thinking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the point we're making here is, it is, and you've probably been through this yourself, it is easy to try and will attempt to fix everything at once. We are here to say why you don't have to and why you shouldn't.
0: Yeah, it definitely works against you trying to fix everything at once i i totally understand the mentality of it because i am a person who likes to fix things i like things to work a certain way i like things to go a certain way And if they don't go that certain way, I have been known to suffer from a bit of anxiety around that issue until it, until it works the way I want it to. So I can definitely understand the mentality of wanting everything to be perfect and want everything to be right straight away. But with experience, I can a hundred percent tell you that it actually works against you. It doesn't feel like that in the moment but it definitely works against you.
1: Well, it's easy to get excited. You're about to start your new program. You signed up to some great exercise routine with a, with a personal trainer at the gym and you think, this is it. It's my time. I'm going to fix all my life's problem for the next 12 weeks. Actually, you've got no chance of doing that.
0: No, you might fix one
1: I think you've done well to fix one.
0: If you can fix one, then you should pat yourself on the back.
1: If you can fix more than one, like two or three, then you are a superstar and deserve the biggest gold star.
0: Absolutely.
1: So as I was touching on before, you start your new program. You're very excited. It's my time. I deserve this. I'm ready to go. And as Courtney touched on before, it is exciting at the start, but that can change once it actually comes time to doing. And once the honeymoon period starts to wear off after a couple of weeks, what are we left with? We are left with the cold, hard reality of, oh, shit, I actually have to do this, don't I? And I have to do this day in, day out. Let's be honest, for the rest of my life, mm. if I want to do this and I want to make this stick. So what I I'm of the opinion that any program out there, any diet any anything to do with health fitness weight loss etc that tries to dazzle you with complicated terms complicated methods bullshit mm. let me just say from my own personal experience before i even talk about working with other people the best outcomes i've ever had in my life whether it's weight loss Business relationships, everything in my life has improved when I've actually tried to do less. Yeah. So it's not so much we're talking about. I'll oh, give you, you know, give less than your best effort. No, of course not. But we're looking at a focused effort. Simplifying the approach that you're taking is infinitely more sustainable. So let's say you start your new program, and you have identified, or you and your trainer have identified that you have, well, let's see. You don't eat breakfast. You're very inconsistent with your exercise. You sleep poorly. You don't drink much water. You're prone to having weekend binges. You're a stress head. And that's, that stress-headedness leads to emotional eating. What if I just listed there, what, six or seven yeah. different habits? yeah. So what's what's the plan of attack here? Let's say you, you've had these issues for years. Be realistic here. Are you going to fix them all at once? No. The idea sounds nice.
0: It would be fantastic if, that, if, if it worked that way, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be, um, but that's not the case. So if I can throw the microphone over to Courtney. Courtney, can you give any personal examples of where trying to do too much at once has blown up in your face
0: yeah well I think even back when I remember before I met you Matt I I would try sometimes to say no I'm going to be healthy I'm going to clean up my eating habits things like this and they would last about two or three days um, and and so I can't really say I dieted because I'm not sure you can consider two or three days a diet. But I did. Sounds perfect.
1: <laughs> did you? Get but I did.
0: I did try to modify my eating to a point where it wasn't sustainable past two or three days. Okay. So I would just try to cut everything, and I was a big um, sugar sugar addict, big chocoholic. So I would just cut it out completely, cold turkey. Without thinking about the fact that I probably just needed to cut back, but I was so fixated on it happening as quickly as possible. I thought, no, I've just got to cut it out altogether Mm -hmm. and I've just got to cut this out and I've just got to cut that out and I'll just have this, this, and this. But the problem was, is that I was so hungry and that my cravings were so intense during that time that I folded just within two or three days. Mm. Uh, And because I was a big stress head, I didn't sleep very well. That would lead to emotional eating, which would just override my motivation to have started in the first place. Um, And I would just go back to what I was doing before. So those things that I weren't addressing, I wasn't addressing my bad sleeping. I wasn't addressing my stress levels. um, I wasn't addressing my emotional eating. As a result, I wasn't addressing my sugar and chocolate addiction. All, all, all I was trying to do was just trying to brush it underneath the carpet by saying, oh, well, I'll just stop having it. So I wasn't getting to the root of why I was always looking for sugar, while I was always looking for chocolate. I just thought, you know, oh, I'll just stop having it. Okay. So And it didn't work for me. And I went around in circles like that for a long time
1: so then court how did you work through that
0: well i think i got to the stage where through trial and error i finally understood the fact that it just wasn't working for me um so i understood that there was no point continuing to do this i had to sort of wait till i found something that was more sustainable and that was when i after i met you matt i you know you spoke to me about these sort of things and about how long it was going to take and i think it was the first time I'd ever met a trainer who had told me that, you know, realistically, this is going to take you at least minimum 12 months. And I was floored. I was like, what the fudge, 12 months? You've got to be joking because you're so used to wanting things like boom, 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 12 weeks, 12 days. Let's go. (laughs) Let's move this along.
1: What if I had said my 28-day detox will have you fully fit, healthy and abs by the end of the month? Would that have worked?
0: You know what? At that state, I probably would have believed you. Of course, it wouldn't have worked. So then when we got to the end of the 28 days, I would have thought you were a fraud and never spoken to you again. But Well,
1: I'm glad I didn't do that. The
0: state that I was in, I probably would have believed you. The thing that made me really sort of wake up was when you said, this is going to take you a minimum of 12 months, I was really defensive at the thought of that and thought, what does he know?
1: And nothing has changed. <laughs> and nothing has changed. <laughs>
0: but... I did then, you know, the second thing that popped into my head was.
1: Gee, he's good looking. He must know what he's talking (laughs) about.
0: Stop. Was actually, you know what, that does make sense because you explained it to me and you sort of pointed out the things that I was really deep down. I was already thinking, but I just hadn't taken the time to acknowledge, which was the things like you didn't put all this weight on in 12 weeks. You're not going to take it off in 12 weeks. You didn't develop all these habits in 12 weeks. You're not going to develop new habits in in that amount of time for all my bad um, problems that I had. So I think I knew those things. I mean, we, we say like, oh, it's common sense stuff. And it is. But I knew that, but I needed someone else to tell me that in order for it to sink in and for me to say, you know what, I can understand what he's saying. I know it's gonna take over twelve months. I need to shift my thinking on this.
1: And knowing and doing are very different things. I mean, everyone knows what they should be eating, apparently, but knowing and doing, well, worlds apart. Absolutely. <clears throat> I know for me, I've um I've really come across it a lot with clients. Mm. Uh, people I've worked with, where it is very common for them to look upon themselves as a failure if something hasn't been addressed. Mm. So the amount of people I've worked with, there has been countless really, that have gone through, say, one of their 12-week programs, because Courtney and I, we're very transparent. We're very honest and upfront with people. If we know that they're going to need more than 12 weeks, which is basically everyone, we just tell them.
0: Yeah, Because there's no,
1: there's no point blowing smoke up their bum or leading them up the garden path and giving them false expectations. We just tell them straight up front, you're going to need multiple programs. What we also try and do with people is set the expectations that say, hey, if this is your first program or your second or your third, you, you're going to make mistakes There are some things you aren't going to iron out during the course of this particular part of your journey and that's a okay. However, how easy is it, and I'm sure that you yourself can probably relate to this, to finish a program and rather than look at all the things you've done well and all the improvements that you've made, you look at all the things you haven't done. Yeah. Or the things you haven't done in your mind well enough. So I've had people that have had, in my mind as their trainer, fantastic programs. Well done, high five, the photos show a change. Yet they think they failed because they didn't, in their own words, get the eating right.
0: Mm.
1: Or they think they failed because they didn't drink enough water or didn't hit all their exercise sessions. So the easy thing to view it as is that I failed this because I didn't do it all at once. Actually, the truth of the matter is you've had a great success if you have ironed out anything that's been holding you back for years and years and years. Mm. Would you agree, Courtney? No,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, um, it's a real trap, this sort of topic, you know, thinking that you've got to go into these sort of things with do more, do more, do more attitude.
1: When you add, when you add the do more attitude on top of the stresses that someone already has in their life, work, relationships, family, money, who knows what else. Hmm. And you then add this on top of that. And when you add, you look at it, any, any weight loss journey for anyone well, any, any journey of change is going to be uncomfortable. So you're adding an extra couple of layers of discomfort into, into your life where you are already uncomfortable in certain areas. So you're taking what is hard and making it a lot harder. Yes. And yeah. what, you're, what I tend to find is that whenever someone tries to sell me on the complexity of a program, I immediately think they're full of shit. Because the best programs, the best trainers, and the best results come from what I just call simplification. Simpler art is better art.
0: It really is, and I think that we again—that's another trap that we get stuck into—thinking that the programs or the trainers or the um, the workouts that we do have to be, you know, more, 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 more detail, more um, just more layers to them, all this sort of stuff. and Well,
1: you can also look at things like, oh, do I now need to count my calories every day? Hmm. Do I need to worry about my macros? What percentage of protein should I be getting compared to fat? While every weekend I'm smashing down dozens of beers.
0: Yeah, and they're they're the things that I think then when you're talking about always looking at more and there's a trap there because we do always want it quick out then we're going to get it um and that's sort of i think the romantic notion behind that we have the the romantic d- dream that we have around weight loss for ourselves is that we are going to be the exception to the rule and it is going to happen fast and all of these things are going to click into place can i and it is going to work for us
1: can i just say that the the dream of fast results isn't just confined to the average person. It affects us too.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was and just about to say that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It affects us as as people, Courtney and I, but also affects us as trainers. Believe me, if I could wave my magic wand and change my clients next week, I would.
0: But I, I, I would dare to say that almost every single person who's ever tried to lose weight has thought somewhere along the lines just had just allowed themselves to have that little dream that they are the exception to the rule and things are going to be easier for them and it's going to work out better for them than it did for other people
1: And that is a delightful fantasy
0: It is but it is just a, it's a little dream that we all have thought at some moment in time I have I haven't you have't nope you are
1: nope I have not
0: disproving my theory so stop talking no I'm just kidding (laughs) but but I think that a lot of people have thought this but the thing is that as Matt's spoken about it is one step at a time it is less is more it's simplifying things and I think when you're trying to lose weight that is really what you need to really be be guided by because we all know Deep down, we all know that losing weight, what to eat and to exercise, a lot of it is common sense. A lot of it is common sense stuff. There's no real like secret tricks about what we do. But
1: Wait, wait. You're saying there's no magic formula? No. That we're, we're keeping behind the curtain to show people? There's nothing
0: locked up deep no? in the basement. That we, you know, that we sneaking, you know, to our clients to make them get results. There's no
1: magic pill that we give them? No,
0: no. No supplement? It is common sense stuff. But I think I use my own history in this when I say, before I met Matt, before I met you, Matt, I knew that. Deep down, I knew that I had to get in the gym. I had to work my ass off.
1: And stop eating shit? I
0: had to stop eating shit. (laughs) I had to start eating vegetables. I had to start drinking water. Yeah. And I had to move my ass. But...
1: You used to want to accept it.
0: You don't want to. Yeah. Because you know it's going to (laughs) suck. But you do. There's nothing fun about thinking that, ugh, I'm going to have to go to the gym all the time and I'm going to be sweaty and it's going to hurt and I'm going to have to give up all my... Treats that I love to eat. But you don't. You don't give them up completely, no. Uh. But you do. There's sacrifice in any sort of change. Well, there's yeah, there always is. Like, yeah. sacrifice. I wouldn't choose to eat broccoli and vegetables if I didn't have to. If it wasn't good for my body, I would not. Really? No, I do I do delight in that. Okay. It doesn't bring me joy when I wake up and mm. I think, oh, vegetables.
1: Now, we know that.
0: But I eat them because I know what it does for my body. Is it worth it? Yes. But what I'm saying is there's always a certain amount of sacrifice. Deep down, I think a lot of us know that a lot of this stuff is common sense. But we try to go too far because we think that we're going to be the exception. We think that we're going to be the one that breaks the mold, that it gets results really fast, it gets results really easy. All
1: right. I'm going to paint a scenario. Okay. That... uh, So I'm going to paint a scenario here, and Courtney is going to give the advice to this mythical person.
0: Okay.
1: Let's say we have a woman in her 40s who wants to drop three, four dress sizes. She used to go to the gym when she was in her 20s back in the day. Hasn't been to the gym now for about 10 or so years. Now the kids are getting a bit older. Um, She's tried every diet under the sun. She's stressed out as a mum. She works full time. She sleeps poorly. She has a habit of hitting the alcohol every night. Is a epic emotional eater. What should she change first?
0: All of it. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, definitely don't try to change all of it. All right. Good case study. Lots of issues there. Mm. My advice... That's that's this... our
1: normal client.
0: Yes, that is an average person. My advice, Matt, you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this advice. I'm going to. My personal advice to this client would be for her to identify what the habit that she feels that she can change now. That is easiest for her to start to implement because we all know with our bad habits, they're on a certain scale and we can sort of look at them and think to ourselves, you know what? What is going to be the easiest for me to change right now without adding too much more stress to my life? So that might be for this case study, that might be that she... Just starts walking a couple of times a week. Not quite ready to join a gym again yet, but wants, knows that she needs to get active. So instead, she's going to commit to walking three times a week. It might be that she actually feels like she doesn't have to drink every weekend. And she's going to drink every second weekend instead of every weekend. Or she instead of having two bottles of wine, she's going to have two glasses of wine. One of those things will have to give. All of those things are going to have to give eventually, but you can't change all of them at once.
1: That is the worst advice I've ever heard in my life. I'm just kidding. Not too bad. Uh, I I do tend to agree with what Courtney has said, uh, but I'll I'll get a bit more specific. Mm-hmm. If it was me giving the recommendation, I do agree that going after the easiest habit. Uh, what you believe to be the easiest habit is the best way to go at it. Generally speaking, in fact, for 99,000 people out of 100,000 people, the easiest habit to go for is exercise. Mm. Get your butt in that gym. Mm. Now, Courtney said before about going for walks, et cetera. I personally would actually recommend going to the gym um, and getting around people, getting around people that can help to elevate you because that'll help build your confidence faster. Good point. Because I think it's too easy The longer you stay away from the gym The bigger you're going to build it up in your head As, I don't know Mount Doom from Lord of the Rings Yes Where if you just rip the bandaid off Get down there Be the unfittest person in the class Be the newbie Within a couple of weeks You'll feel, oh Shit, I'm actually doing this I'm doing better than I thought I would I'm recovering better, I'm performing better Your confidence grows. All of a sudden, one of those habits I mentioned this person has got has been ticked. Consistent exercise, great. That lays a fantastic platform to build on. From there, you absolutely pick what you think is the next thing you can address. Now, some of these issues that people have, alcohol, stress, sleeping, some can take years to work out. Years. Fear of failure, telling yourself you're not going to do it. That can take a long time
0: not eat, to work break. Not eating food, not eating your meals, not eating breakfast, not stopping for lunch. These sort of things are really common as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, not eating breakfast is, is standard.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, me personally, when, I, when I'm you know, coaching my clients, uh, that generally will be number two. After number one being get your butt to the gym. Number two will be your butt eats breakfast every day. Now, there you look at it, we're looking at one habit there when it comes to what someone is eating, aren't we?
0: Yes.
1: So what I'm not saying to someone is, hey, you, stressed out mother who eats once, maybe twice a day, I would now like you to eat six times a day. Good luck with that. Mm. That ain't going to happen. So if you start with one little thing, that one little thing can just establish a a greater foundation of confidence.
0: Mm
1: that will let you move on to the next thing. I found that works for me personally as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest tips that we want you to get from this podcast, which is you won't fix everything at once, so don't try.
1: No, it's not going to happen. I think what you're doing personally is setting yourself up for failure, Mm. where a, a massive part of any transformation journey is putting yourself in a position to succeed. So to me trying to address everything at once is putting yourself in a position to fail or to at least think you're a failure when where to me if you go through a 10 12 whatever week program and you haven't fixed everything at once that you're not a failure you're normal that makes you just like everyone else
0: yes absolutely
1: where i i know i told my clients if they get through say they're on their first program with us and they get through their first program having consistently made their training sessions and maybe started to address one, maybe two other bad habits, that's a massive win. Mm. That's a humongous step forward. And I've seen this and actually Courtney can back me up on this. Plenty of people that we've worked with, we've seen it happen ourselves where they haven't actually come close to addressing all of their bad habits. However, they've done enough to get a humongous change in their photos.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, and, and I think you touched on it before, Matt, as well, where I think the other thing that we really want you to take from this podcast, which is when we're talking about changes and, and habits... Um, I mean, most of, mostly everything we do is based around a habit mm. and these take years to develop. So they're going to sometimes take months and years to develop new ones, new better ones to replace th- those. So don't put too much pressure on yourself and don't dwell on the fact that, oh, I should have changed this by now. Mm. If you're still making efforts to improve yourself, and you're still making efforts to develop new habits, then you can't beat yourself up because it is a long process to develop new habits. It doesn't happen overnight.
1: No, it doesn't. And I think it's okay to have the list of things you want to improve, mm. but just work through those systematically step by step. Uh, I, do, I do recommend an old book that um, it's actually out of circulation now, but you can get it as an audio book from Audible easily enough. Uh, called The Power of Less by Leo Babuta. It's, well, geez, it's at least 10 years old now, it has to be, um, or close to it. Uh, that book completely changed my thinking mm. on how I approach working with my clients, how I approach myself, how I approach any any sort of goal I'm working towards in my life or helping others work towards their goals. Uh, The the Power of Less taught me about the art of single-tasking, not multitasking, where multitasking, I've I've found in my own experience, leads to stress and leads to either unfinished, incomplete, or poorly finished tasks. Single-tasking, you are going to get the the same amount of things done, just in a bit of a different order, but you're going to get them done more effectively effectively
0: yeah definitely
1: so the power of less by leo babuta i actually you know what i'll uh, i'll find a link for it and pop it on the show notes page at Ching, free plug
0: <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah they're the main i think they're the really the main things that we want to um, for you to be able to take from this from this podcast today
1: yep so hopefully this has helped it is now that time of the show where I will move us on to emails. Deedling. Except for the part where we didn't get any emails this week. No. So we we, we need to know why do you hate us?
0: <laughs> we do need to know that. But I will uh, just touch on a question that um, I thought that would go well you know in this forum since i um do get asked it quite often matt gets asked it quite often as well which is based around the fact that we don't weigh our clients um i think it's pretty common knowledge now and we've spoken about it in previous podcasts a lot that we don't weigh our clients we did
1: an entire episode on it
0: yes we do not uh recommend anybody weigh themselves and keep track of their weight loss in those sort of um number uh terms um, it's just not a healthy way to track your progress really from a mental standpoint. Um, so I've had people ask, uh, me in the past, I Matt in the past, how do you keep track of your client's progress if you are not weighing them, uh, because we also do not measure them. So we take photos. And this is a thing that I um, constantly would advise anybody to do. We take photos so, um, and then we take progress photos along the way. So we have our clients make sure that they are in something revealing for them. So whether that be a bikini, it might be in a crop top and a pair of short shorts. Um, it just might be in their underwear. Um, make sure that um, it's something that you can see a lot of your body because when you're comparing photos, you need to be able to see your body. There's no point wearing a singlet top or a big baggy T-shirt when you come to do your progress photos and you wear that. Again, you can't tell the difference. You can't get an accurate idea of your progress. So we tend to take um, a photo from the front, from the side, and from the back.
1: All right. There's another way we measure progress that Courtney hasn't touched on.
0: No. I was leaving it for you.
1: Were you really? Yep. Okay, so thank you. You've, uh, you've put the ball up. I get to dunk it now. <laughs> this entire episode of this podcast, the way someone will approach this is a measure of progress. So I know personally that you, me, Courtney, everyone that we know, the scales weren't your problem the same way they won't be the solution. But I know that someone is making progress on their habits, that is pro- that's massive progress and that, that is well, gigantic steps in the right direction. So if I have a client who I'm not weighing and I'm not measuring because I don't give a shit about numbers, numbers are situationally useful. They will be good for you when they suit you and they'll be awful when they don't. So yeah, you've got photos, but you've also got what happens behind the photos. So if I have a client that's gone from eating one meal a day to eating three, who's gone from doing no exercise to doing structured exercise, structured resistance training, structured cardio training, those two things alone are epic signs of positive progress. And I'll take them personally. I'll take them as a coach and a trainer. I will take them over the number on the scales 100 times out of 100
0: absolutely 100 percent. and uh the other thing just quickly i want to mention with the photo thing though is do not abuse that don't overdo it it's completely unnecessary it is literally just to give you an idea of where you started and how far you've come by the time you do them again it is not something that we do every week it is not something we do every month
1: no uh you'll also find as well that by uh, people that avoid photos tend to not get the results thereafter.
0: Mm, there's an accountability involved. As, in it.
1: yeah, there is. I think there's also um, a bit of realism. yeah, it's easy to hide when you don't see.
0: Well, that's the other reason why it is n- we do not allow our clients to take their photos wearing t-shirts and and pants and things like this, because there's no accountability in that. You can have a photo taken like that anytime.
1: All right. So uh, thank you for that, Courtney. Thank you for that massive digression. You're welcome. Hope this has helped. Yes. Um, if you don't hate us, uh, or if you do actually, I mean, if you do hate us, please email us. We actually went a week without emails. It feels weird.
0: Yeah. Um, Everyone's on holiday. Is because, because
1: you changed your hair?
0: Might be. I did change my hair. I went from blonde to brown. <sighs> Whoa. I know. Well,
1: I can't deal. That's too much.
0: I went from blonde to brunette. I am a brunette again.
1: I did not sign up for this. No.
0: (laughs) Matt took about a week to get used to it.
1: (laughs) A week? I'm still getting there.
0: Anyway, he'll get there by the next uh, podcast you hear. He'll be loving my new hair.
1: Anyway, hope this has helped. We're going to call uh, call this a show. If you do hate us, love us or anything... Please give us feedback at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. And uh, on that note, we're done. We're out. Hope this has helped. Speak to you soon. See ya.
0: Get more free tips. Listen to previous episodes. And contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.